ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Do you hear that? That is the sound of 90,000 plus Indian cricket fans as Australia scored an astonishing sixth ODI World Cup crown. Silence told a remarkable story. But there's some blanks to fill in. Pat Cummins' bold captaincy and leadership by example. Travis Head's historic innings. India's failure to meet the moment. It wasn't meant to happen, but that's the thing with sport. Anything can happen. What does it mean for the Cummins era? For Head, for India, we're picking through the lot. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Gideon Haig is a cricket writer and frequent guest on Offsiders. Gideon, Australia has claimed a sixth one-day World Cup crown. And it might be recency bias, but feels to me like that might be the finest of the lot. What did you think? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's right up there. Because it wasn't expected, it wasn't um, the well-oiled cricket machine of Australia in its pomp between 1999 and 2007 when it carried off 350 over World Cups. They arrived at this tournament in wretched form uh, after losing their second game. They'd, uh, they'd lost eight in a row. They'd lost seven of eight. Then all of a sudden, from the very point uh, that uh, Sri Lanka was, I think, none for 125 after 21 overs in the, uh, in the third match, they turned it right around. They played cricket with, with great conviction Great enthusiasm, great spirit, great evenness too. They, you know, they weren't carried there by two or three players. You know, every player across the squad had the opportunity to contribute and seized it. I've previously talked to your friend Peter Lawler about Pat Cummins' team being the nearly men. You know, couldn't quite win a test series in India. Retained the Ashes, didn't win them. We heard Cummins say that this is the definitive moment of his career. I think that's the pinnacle of uh, international cricket winning a one-day World Cup. Does this reshape the way Cummins and this team is considered? Well, I mean, amazingly, Cummins had only captained the ODI team twice before this tournament. So he has been learning on the job. And uh, you certainly saw a much more sophisticated captain in the final than you saw at the Mm. outset of this tournament. Uh, you know, this is a, as much an outcome of Pat Cummins' tactical nous. Looks like a little bit of a dry wicket, so bowl it, bowl on it um, during the day and chase back ourselves, chase whatever we need to. Uh, and this was cricket in the best kind of Australian spirit, in the best Australian vein. You know, I love the way in which Travis Head described taking that crucial catch. Maxwell bowls, rabbits down the pitch, hitting this away into the offside. A miscue. He could be caught. He's brilliantly caught. That is a wonderful catch, and Travis Head running back from cover over his head. He's probably the unluckiest man in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, it's yeah, something that I worked hard on. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine getting 100, couldn't imagine probably holding on to that one. Um, again, nice to hold on to something that's important, and uh, you want to look after your teammates, you want to contribute. Yeah, moments like that are kind of uplifting. They are inspiring. It's, uh, it's the man who shouts hurrah that leads that final charge. It was impressive, wasn't it, the way that he pulled the reins from a tactical point of view, not a guy who's always famed for his tactical nous. What impressed you most? Was it the leadership by example or was it the leadership pulling the strings, Gideon? Well, he's always had the capacity to lead example, which is actually one of the things that's underestimated about having a bowling captain. Now, we often think of captaincy in terms of great innings, 
But a bowling captain has the opportunity to bowl a definitive spell, and Cummins, as a captain, has seized that uh, that chance. Cummins comes in, bowls short, he's painted on! Cummins out! But here he was very nimble. Uh, he was very quick to uh, hem uh, India in. Uh, the second ball of the game. A stark left arm over the wicket, comes in, bowls, and that's uh, pushed away out towards square third man. A chase by the fielder down there does very well, very well to stop that going for four. Terrific piece of fielding out there in the deep. Travis Head, and it's two runs rather than four, but that seemed destined for the boundary. There's that immediate feeling that the, player, that the players are in the places. And then when they get the opportunity to get Rowett out, and then uh, and Ayer shortly after. It's Ayer, and is he caught behind? He is. Good low catch from English, and Australia have got a third. Cummins knows that India's got this long tail, so he knows that India have to consolidate. So he sits, he sits his fields, and he rotates his bowlers in order to ensure they cannot generate any rhythm. We thought maybe you know the way to upset the rhythm rather than setting some wacky fields is to just go one over spells. So it seemed to kind of take them and over to settle in. So we just kept going and yeah, tried pretty much everyone there. The crowd is getting on board. The, the crowd is excited. Kohli gets um, gets his fourth consecutive 50 and everyone's on their feet. There is another Virat Kohli half century. But everyone knows that one more wicket can completely change the direction of the game. Kohli knows it. And in fact, that's how Kohli gets out. Oh, he's gone here. Inside edge. Back onto the stumps. Jadeja, who hasn't had much batting in the course of this tournament, comes out against the ball. It's suddenly reversing, and India is really under the cosh. Great captaincy, great cricket, fantastic occasion. And, of course, as Cummins said before the game, it's amazing playing in front of 130,000 fans, all of whom, you know, are on the opposition side. But there's something very rewarding about silencing them. We did take a second in the huddle just to acknowledge the, the silence that was going around the crowd. Yeah, it felt like silence was almost the headline of this game. And I want to get into what that silence says about India right now. But just a touch on Travis Head for a moment, because what we're talking about today is the capacity of an innings to define a player. And if you think about where Travis Head started this tournament, broken hand, forget about finger, hand, not even in India, and the heights he has scaled since. What have you made of Travis Head's ascent? Take this a little bit further back when he was actually left out of the Australian team for the uh, first test in India early this year. There was all sorts of suspicion about Head's ability to assimilate Indian conditions. He didn't drop his head. He stayed in tune. He stayed ready to take his opportunity. And later in that series, he did get the chance to uh, to take it. And then in the World Test Championship final, he plays what maybe an even more defining innings. And that is a World Test Championship 100 for Travis Head. Superb innings. He's got there in 106 balls. He's ticked off the double here by making hundreds in, in two big finals. In this case, it was perfectly poised for him because 240 was not a huge chase. It was amenable to a batsman going hard at the top of the innings. With the ball skidding on after dark, you know, 240 was effectively 210. Thanks to Head, Australia took 15 off Boomer's first over. They were three down after seven, but they'd reduced by that stage the required run rate to 4.5, so they didn't have to do anything fancy. And every time... India thought as though they were putting back-to-back economical overs together. He had that capacity for for hitting a boundary. To Head, who slams it over mid-wicket for six. That is enormous. He was also playing against 
Mohamed Shami. Shami's been outstanding against left-handers in this cup, but Head picked off two boundaries in the last over of the power play. He allowed Labuschagne the opportunity to settle the way that Labuschagne likes to. He had his 50 by the time Labuschagne found the boundary. And they had the additional reassurance of knowing that they bat deep. They have won squeakers in this tournament. In the last game, they relied on Cummins at eight and Stark at nine to, to get them over the line. A very different Australian tale, a much more resourceful one than India's. The silence of the Indian crowd. I mean, a Tournament victory here felt predestined. And Pat Cummins spoke about even having nerves. I always like to say I'm pretty relaxed, but I was a little bit nervous this morning. Um, you know, just pacing around, uh, waiting for it to kind of get started. Just seeing the, the sea of blue in the hotel, getting nearer the ground and just seeing the sea of blue walking. This is the world power in world cricket. But you couldn't help feel this tournament felt tilted in India's favour. So what then did you make of the fact that it all amounted to a defeat on the biggest stage? There were two trends here, weren't they? Uh, since since India won the World Cup in 83, it's always been won by either the hosting team or by Australia. That didn't change, um, in a sense. Only um, only Pakistan in 92 have, uh, have, have gone against that trend. You know, there was a sense that two destinies were, uh, were, were kind of entwined here. But, you know, if you're a cricketer and you're an experienced cricketer and you understand what you're getting into... Uh, nothing could be more stimulating than, uh, than than that opportunity. As you felt that sense of disbelief settle over Ahmedabad, must have been very rewarding for uh, for, for that Australian team. Now this one uh, driven down the ground to long on. 200 comes up. Turs or muted applause, I'd describe that as. I mean, it's not the sort of belligerent, full-on applause. This is this is a crowd that's not confident. I'm just looking at the screen as it's showing something. Normally you get people jumping up and down and behaving really rather strangely when the camera goes on them, but um, not the case now. There are a few sort of sitting on hands, I think. Another thing is a measure of a good team is how they feel. Australia have been the outstanding fielding side in this tournament. Stark cruises in and he bowls and Sharma drives him. It's a lovely stroke. Very well fielded, though. Desperate diving save by Cummins, the captain at mid-off. Somewhat surprisingly, because they're one of the older teams, but they threw themselves around like kids. Even when India got a run on during that power play, you know, they scored at eight and over in that power play. Australia probably saved 20 runs. You, you always felt as though Australia, even when India got some momentum, were in touch and capable of exercising a choke. What do you think the consequences will be of a defeat here for India, even for them, but even for the format? Like, how might this shape world cricket, do you think? To be honest, Patrick, probably not much. You know, <laughs> 1983 portended great cricket change. I don't think 2023 tells us any more that Australia is represented by an experienced, efficient, resourceful cricket team. You could even argue that India won anyway. After all, they're going to rake off almost four in every $10 that the uh, that the World Cup made. I- India is now what Australia used to be. It's it's the benchmark. It's the, it's the team that I think other countries actually barrack against. I think there'll be a lot of people from other countries, not India, who won't be that unhappy that India lost. You know, they're a, they're a global hegemon. They're a, they're a unipolar power, and that cultivates a certain degree of jealousy. It might actually even be a popular victory. And whoever thought <laughs> that would happen where Australia was concerned? Does 50 over cricket leave re-energised or diminished? I think sometimes, as I was saying on Offsiders yesterday, we, we mistake our general sense of middle-aged malaise for unpopularity. 
In fact, ODI cricket has always been incredibly popular in India. Frankly, that's where popular taste in, in cricket is defined these days. We've seen some of its potential. For instance, I mean, an innings like Maxwell's against Afghanistan is not possible in, in T20 cricket. Majid, 287 for seven. Bowls to oh! Maxwell, who hits him. Oh! the square leg for six. It is a double century for Glenn Maxwell in one day international cricket. You actually saw some of the potential that the ODI cricket still has to surprise us, to, to get us out of our seats. Yes, it can be monotonous at, at times when teams are unequal, but this has been a fantastic final against two brilliantly matched teams. You could probably put these two teams together in 10 finals and you'd end up five each. But as it happens, there's only one final and, uh, and it's gone Australia's way. Gideon Haig, thank you so much for pulling it all apart for us. It was a tremendous tournament. We're pretty happy with the victor. No problem. Thanks, Patrick. Before headlines, a heads up. If you need more cricket analysis, and face it today, who doesn't, get the Grandstand Cricket Podcast and their full breakdown. It's for the hardcores out there who need even more depth and even more context. There's a link in our notes. Ed Cowan is hosting with another ex-player for a World Cup final special. Hints, he's one of the most respected analysts in the game. He played for Australia. He's a bowler. He played with Ed too, though not at Tasmania. On to headlines. Departing Rugby Australia chairman Hamish McLennan has taken a shot at those who punted him from his position. An extraordinary board meeting Sunday night spelled the end for McLennan as he lost a vote for the role of chairman. This followed six member unions previously calling for his resignation across the weekend. Here's McLennan. You know, I think this is all about money and control at the end of the day, so we'll see how it plays out. There's no doubt that there's uh, been a coordinated campaign to sort of smear me and that's that's been fed back through me and other board members. Ex-Wallaby Dan Herbert will take the reins. It's arguably the biggest men's event outside the majors and Novak Djokovic has won the ATP finals for a seventh time after beating Yannick Sinner in straight sets in Turin. And the AFLW preliminary finals are all set after the D's echoed their men's program by bowing out of the postseason in straight sets following a loss to the Cats. Geelong will play Brisbane for a place in the grand final while the Kangaroos host the Crows after Adelaide dismantled the Sydney Swans. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Cricket and 2GB for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.